Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It is the Let Me Introduce You podcast. I am Jen. This is Darian. We are discussing hamstring strains today. This is going to be super fun because I think you might be a little bit surprised about what the data shows and what's actually happening. But first, we're going to talk about common injury sites, which I think Adarian will appreciate this. The two common injury sites for the hamstring strains are at the long head of the biceps femoris, which is an overstretching event. This happens 80% of the time. Yeah. And then they also say it's the semimembranosis, yeah. which is a strength slash power over production. What do those two things mean? <laughs> well, let's back up. So let's back up. Let's back up a little yeah. bit, a little bit, a little, little bit. One of the things about the hamstring that people don't talk about is the belly of the muscle. Mm. You know, the belly of the muscle hamstring had some sensory things in there. Yeah. Because technically, the, the, it's one of those muscles that works from the center. And so when you get this, this, this thing that's pulling on it instead, as opposed to pulling towards the center, pulling away from the center, we run into some problems, you know? Uh, and they talk about a, a, a power production, overproduction over some issue. That once again, what are we trying to get this thing to do? You know, uh, a lot of people think about running and things like that, but you go, okay, let's run. When does it involve? Okay, let's walk. What does it involve? Let's do this. When does it involve? And you go, it's not really involved in those things. You know, it, you really see it get involved when you do what? When you carry a heavy load with deep knee flexion. You can see the thing just bow out. You can see it take, you can see it, you know? So, so that's one thing there. And then you say, okay, let me run. Let me, let me run. Or let me jump or something like that, you know? And, and then you go, okay, now what's it doing? What's, what's it going to do now? So at that same time, now you go, okay, it's attached here, it's attached here. If it pulls towards the center, it's going to catapult. So I think what's happening is when it tries to catapult, if, you, if your torso is in a bad position, that's when you have problems. Because what we don't do is, and that's we don't have a diagram, is look at how these muscles work with joints. Right. And so at that point in time, if you look at where the hamstring's attached, you know, and how it slings around, so and, and that's that's the that's the hard part is just to watch how these things are attached and how they interact around a joint, over a joint, or behind a joint. It's gonna give it as that next thing, you know. And then earlier we was talking about the pelvic. So what do you think it's gonna do? It's really trying to catapult the pelvis forward. Because most of the time, when do people feel a deep hamstring stretch? When they're tipping forward. Tipping forward. Yeah. And when they when they're tipping forward and their knees held steady. They feel, so what's that thing trying to do? It's trying to reverse the other way to pull the pelvis forward. But we got right. these weird words and stuff like that, you know? So if they can't pull the pelvis forward at that point in time, the knee's locked in, now we're going to have a problem. So how does that relate to running? Because with running, for instance, so, because hamstring strains are kind of an issue in sprinters. Not an issue, I shouldn't say that. But they are one of the more common injuries that sprinters Right, see. right, right. So how is right. that? happening because usually injuries are like an unwanted collision or an unwanted vibration or something of that sort same thing hamstrings like to be vibrated go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead and vibrate see what it does for you <laughs> don't don't like it but but the, but the problem is to it running same thing what we taught in running running we're taught to snap our foot back so once again 
you're trying to snap your foot back as this thing's trying to catapult your pelvis forward. I got a conflict right there. And all it takes is a split second of a conflict before, oops, something's going to happen. Also, the other part, too, is that, you know, the, the whole thing, what happens with the foot? Because you got this other rotation compactor going on with the foot. So if the foot can't rotate, the knee can't bend, the hamstring is the one that, that's, even if somebody's bent, leaned over too far, the hamstring's trying to pull them back up. Right. You know? And, and so I think that's, you know, it's weird. You got to think like whip action. When people think movement, you got to think whip action. So, so the knees going to go first, and then the whip action is to pull the pelvis forward. Mm -hmm. But we often, we often think differently, just like with the glutes. We think differently, where we see the glutes as something that's going to help me extend forward when it should rotate me forward. Right. But if you, keep, if you look at the whip effect, then you see, oh, you know, I think one of the better things, like in breakdancing, one of the coolest things ever is what they call the warm, mm -hmm. where the person gets on the ground. And they do like this. But how they get there, they got there because Charlie, I think it's Charlie Chaplin, he, he does a good job of it, where he bows to the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, and he just he just rolls oh. his way to the that's what the that's that's how movement works. You're supposed, you know, the only most of the time when we do that, though, we take another step. Right. We do that, we take another step. We do that, we take another step. So if you see the body operating that way, it's a different story. But a lot of people see the body operating from a, a linear or one one D ro rotational thing. Most of us deal with marching, right? You know. And so think about that. If I'm straight up and down. This is how people are taught to run and walk. Yeah. Uh, if I'm straight up and down, I lock out my knee, I lock out my ankle, and then my hamstring tries to pull my pelvis forward. Oh, it's not going to go well. Right. And some people are accomplishing pretty good speed using that style of running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's not about that. It, it's really, you know, because people, are, we can do, like, as we know, so we talk about all the time, we can get our body to do anything we want to do. Yeah. Anything we want to do. But when we start talking about performance, we go right now, we only know one guy that ran 958, nobody else close. Right. When we, take, when we take that guy, you know, we take that guy and say he didn't run that way, you know, or we take, you know, uh, we talk about the same thing with the guy that shot put. Yeah. The guy in the shot put now is throwing like five feet further than anybody else. And he's, got a, and, he's, and he's throwing differently than everybody else, too. Differently than everybody else, yeah. yeah. So, so, so we, we start talking about this performance, and a lot of these things we do may be limiting our performance. Maybe why, you know, I just put out something the other day uh, about um, uh, plyometrics. Not plyometrics, but I mean rotation. I was talking about for rotation should be used to describe a movement, mm -hmm. assess the movement, instruct the movement, and assess the movement. Yeah. It should be based on, on rotation. Yeah. And I think, and like I said, I think if we start doing that, these injuries, hamstring injuries will go away. You know? So so I, I think the lot is just that, is it's the movement paths we're trying to do is a problem, even though people are getting results from it. You know? But at the same time, you know, we don't know if that's the best result. Right. You know, we just don't, we just don't know, you know? Just like you look at like race walkers. I, I, I would want to see what is, what is the instance of hamstring problem with race walkers. Oh, I didn't look up their data. I should have. That would have been interesting, actually. Be inter yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, same thing. You know, I remember a long time ago when I was in college, I pulled a hamstring. And my test was to go play basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so, when it, so I'm playing basketball, running, jumping, no problem. All of a sudden, I pump fake. So oh, pump fake, you know, when, when it was that rapid 
up and down of the pelvis. It's like, ah, oh, dude, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, so, so, so see what I'm saying? I've done all this stuff yeah. and then there's one movement up, oh, you know. Yeah, which I also have pulled my hamstring and it was doing a single leg deadlift with a kettlebell. Similar thing. It was like, yeah. you know, this one, I was like, it was an up down sort of situation and yeah. my hamstrings like, ah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up, down, up, down. Can't, can't. But, but once again, because people forget that hamstrings, you know, it's about the belly of the muscle. Yeah. You know, it's really about the belly where things are really happening with that muscle, you know, and how these things are going towards the center and everything like that. Got some special receptors in there, you know, all kinds of cool stuff going on. But yeah. And you look at where, where these injuries occur at, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the belly, you, you when that thing's in the belly, it, you can go ooh. But sometimes it, it's at where, at the origin. It it can be at that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so and, and usually you feel that one too when you try to do it. Like I say, you bend over, you try to push yeah. your hips back, knees locked. You feel like ooh, you can feel it pulling on it, as we just talked earlier. Yeah, no, it's true. Which actually brings us, like speaking of you know, kind of the performance and the one D movement sort of thing, to the issue that's going on in soccer right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this was interesting to me. Hamstring injury rates have increased during recent seasons and now constitute 24% of all injuries in men's professional football in the UEFA elite clubs. And this was data taken from 2001 slash 2002 season to 2021, 2022 season. Yeah. 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 So at any given time, they're saying eight well, it, a team has 25 players. So yeah, over the right. course of a season, eight of your players are probably going to have a hamstring issue. Yeah. And so and then they, they it, it, yeah, and, and that's more <laughs> now than it was before. But what's funny is I read another study the other day, and it was saying how, it, it's funny how all of a sudden it said, the conc- when, when they had the conclusion, it was mm-hmm. specific to soccer now. Oh, now y'all mm-hmm. trying to be specific to something. You're not saying, <laughs> you know. Most time with these studies, people take it in, like you said, what population? Oh, that's a soccer player. So that's only for soccer. That's only that population. Yes. Yep. So all of a sudden, they rebutting this stuff now. They said, well, this is only for soccer. Yes. <laughs> Rush y'all, keep on doing what you're doing. Soccer yeah. player. <laughs> well, because you kind of have to wonder why. That's a pretty, like, to double the amount of hamstring injuries per contact hour. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to look into, you know, like I said, protocols that they're doing, right. the trend they're doing, you know, uh, the Nordics and all this other kind of stuff. And, and people do Nordics, but you go, ah, oh, that's really a calf exercise, not a hamstring exercise. Because what, what do we see? This is a funny thing. When is the hamstring, and this is why things are funny. When it's the hamstring, what do we see? We see what? We see the, 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 the butt come backwards. Yeah. Because like we said, it's, 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 a cat- it's funny how that thing pulls. So what's right. it going to do? It's actually going to pull it backwards, pull it forward. Yeah. It's not there to curl up the leg. When people think it's going to curl up, no. It's right. actually working with your pelvis. Pull it backwards, and then it's going to pull it forward. It's trying to pull it forward because it can't, knees can't move. It pulls it backwards. You know? And so and so then, but what do you see? You see people bend over at the waist, and people say, that's wrong. No, that's your hamstrings working now. <laughs> right. Which is... Kind of interesting. And with Nordics, so Nordics were invented in 1880, random fact. Um, But they've gained (laughs) a lot of popularity in the recent decade, I would say, for their potential benefits for preventing hamstring injuries. Right. And what they're saying at this for the professional soccer level, what they're saying is the athletes aren't being compliant. 
this is why they're not assisting. As yeah, much yeah, as yeah, that's like I said, that's always the funny thing where you start blaming things and stuff. Maybe, but once again, we're using resource that hasn't been validated. We're using right. methods, measurements that haven't been valid. We, we use all this stuff. Somebody did a research, it's biased, and so I'm off and running with it. Versus yep. let's make sure this is measuring what it's measuring, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and, and once again, we can interpret the data anyway, we want to interpret it, you know, how they come right. with the incidents. What's a risk factor, you know? Right. Uh, that's like in running a lot of times people talk about, you know, KPIs, key performance indicators. And, and you, you, can, you can pick your own. Yeah. And you can pick your own. So I can pick my own. And, okay, here we go. Well, the only, um, the only data I could find regard that was like consistent in terms of whether or not you're at risk for a hamstring injury is if you've had a hamstring injury before. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. then yes it looks like your risk factor goes up but everything else it felt like they were throwing spaghetti at a wall you know yeah. Like- yeah. well I mean one of the things they I mean think about this one of the things they still do as as I, I read one of the studies and one of the things they tested as as an indicator was sit and reach still like sit and reach just still using that <laughs> I was surprised by that as well and some of these hamstring interventions they're having guys stretch I'm like are you yeah. sure you want to stretch that out yeah. before you go play I don't know <laughs> But but this is the funny thing, you know, once again, when you do sit and reach, what happens? The knee bends. Why does the knee bend? Because it's trying to pull the pelvis forward. Right. And and the people say, you can't do that. Well, well it's going against how these things work. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, this is always my funniest. This is always the funniest thing to me. This is always the funniest thing to me. And I tell people this. This is always the funniest thing. You know, undergrad, first day in biology class, you know, the the biology instructor, where are all the athletes at? Raise their hands. How many of y'all stretch? And she goes, no, you're not. We're like, no, we stretch. She says, no, you don't. And she goes, what are you stretching? Stretching muscle. She goes, muscle can't stretch. You know, it, it said you can't, you know. And, and, then, and, and, then, and then I'm cracking up because this is what she said. She says, okay, do this for me here. Because we talk about muscles, origin, insertion. And she goes, the muscles is between two fixed points. Right. How do you stretch something that's stuck between two fixed points that you can't move the you can't move the points further apart? Yeah. And everybody's sitting there like, what? <laughs> you know, but but it made a great lesson into understanding origin insertion with muscle. You know, it made a great introduction, but but you sit there, you go, what? And, and so that's like the hamstring, you know. If you're standing up, it's stretched. Right. It is stretched. Now, if you put a weight on your bend forward, it's taking a load. It's not stretching anymore. It's just taking a load. And it may relax, let you go out further, but it's not stretching any further. It's just relaxing so it doesn't, you know. But that's the funny thing, once again, is that, you know, if I straighten my arm, my bicep is at its natural resting length. Right. You know. Now, back to this again. This is the other funny part. Now. If I rotate the endpoints away from each other, I will still find the other resting length, the rotational resting length. Right. I can't stretch any further because the endpoints are fixed still. I can't, I can't, my leg can't grow three inches longer. It can't. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 but I don't think we ever thought about that. Like, what is the rotational resting length of, of, of a muscle? Right. You know, so, so we get into those things there. But, but like I said, for the most part, you know, when people say stretch, what are you stretching? And then once again, what are you doing? The muscle's going to relax. Why do I want this thing to relax? Because then I got to figure out how to wake it up. Well, especially if you're right about to go play. Yeah, you're right about to go play. Like, yeah, that doesn't this. make any sense. <laughs> yeah, you put the system to sleep. Yeah, the system like, yeah, whatever. He's on. 
get out of this before you hurt us. But but I think people forget about that too, natural protection of the body, how things are gonna be protected. Right. You know, but but we've been into this, you know, and then what do we say? The hamstring is, is weak and, and then they it says not strong right. as the quad. And it's like, so let me get this right. You got four muscles at a different leverage point than these other three, and you expect it to do the same work as it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, you know. And so I remember, I remember, yeah, when I did my hamstring, I was at the, uh, I was at University of Colorado. And uh, I think the ne very next day, they put me in the Cybex machine. Mm -hmm. and, and they and they tested the strength of it now. Well, of course, it's not strong right now. Like, this is poor <laughs> data. Like, of course. Yeah. It's, 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 of course. So I'm on the side back going back and forth and everything. And it's like, yeah. and then, you know, what did they start doing? They started stretching on that thing. Crazy. You know, they started stretching on that thing. All they told yeah. me to do is don't ice. They said, don't ice. I'm like, why not? And they said, well, ice, da, da, da. You know, they talk about inflammation. Yeah. You know, ice is going to kill inflammation. You want the inflammation because it's going to help heal better. Okay, got it. You know. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and a strain is different than a tear. You know, it's different yes. than, than a tear, you know, and, and all those type of things or complete, you know, separation of a muscle, right. you know, or, or the muscle pulling, you know, and, and, or the tendon pulling away from a bone. Those are different stories, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I think that if part of this whole thing is let's go back and let's say, okay, let's go back and look at the hamstring. What does it really do for us? Right. Let's just really look at these things and, and even question like, why is this one offset over here? Why, why is this short head offset? You know, it, it, it's, you, you have this one going up, this one going up, and this one says, I'm going to go over here for a little bit. Why did it go over there? Yeah. That's a rotational issue. Right. You know? Because other than that, that's like the soul is. It don't make sense. It goes from here to around here. Like, why did it go over there? You know? So I think we have to go back and really look at these things, how they attach, you know, how we're moving, you know, and go, oh, okay, then. And I think that's, you know, to way to to not prevent these things. You know, you get in a bad you position, you get in a bad position. You get in a bad yeah. position, you get in a bad position, you know? Yeah. But let's not train these bad positions. Right. You know, and a train in a bad position is knees locked out. You know, and this is this is one of those funny things again. Knees locked out. I'm gonna bend over and touch my toes. Right. That's that's, that's like the most funniest thing to me. Can you touch your toes? Yeah. Squat down and touch them. Yeah. I'm lifting my foot and touch it. Yeah, I can touch my toes. Well, and it's different if you have like if you're you're participating in a a modality that requires more range of motion or more full dancing you have to have a fair <laughs> amount of range of motion yes but even like aerial silks or dance or you need yeah. these, like yeah. you know yeah so it's a different type of performance right 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 but 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 you know once again you need that to do the things you're going to do do we right. actually need that much range to avoid getting hurt over here running no not at all you know so so we can do that stuff too but like i said i think the biggest thing is is even with the you know bend over touch my toes thing you go when are you ever from a performance standpoint from athlete running jumping throwing something when is that going to happen and I remember earlier in the year we, we always talked about the the first baseman has yeah. no problem doing the splits right has no problems balls and low dude don't stretch for nothing and then boom got the splits stand up going about his business yeah. So, uh, and, and and we may have some things going on inside of us where the brain actually says relax at this point in time. Right. 
because I, it's a situation coming up, you know, relax and then, okay, we're good. But, uh, but I think that's the biggest thing is we have to go back and look at like, how does this thing really work? Why do we have these, these things running the way they run, you know? And even, you know, like we was talking earlier before we came on about biarticular and, I, and I'm right. saying like, it's, it doesn't cross two joints. It sits way back over here someplace. Yeah. It, and so then you go, but, but you go watch was attached it. You go, I get it because then you can, you can see how it's, it's, it's going to help it rotate at that joint because I want to pull you forward. Cause I want to pull you forward, you know, uh, different story again. You know, if I'm running, I'm going to pull you forward. Different story. Right. Again. You know, so, so I think in that sense there, if we stop and look, I said, let's see what this thing's really doing. How do we really move? You know? Um, and I, I don't think we, and, and then part of it is like, do we really understand how we move? Well, I think that that, I think we don't, I think that's definitely been shown several like time and time again, because so, movement, you know, we make it more complicated probably than it is. We ignore rotations. Uh, we ignore rotations big time, you know, not only that, you know, the way we think about movement to me, it's like no pressure on the feet. Right. You know, some somebody laying on a table, somebody sitting on a table, feet dangling, feet open in versus feet on the ground with some pressure on you. Go, okay, this is a different ball game now. And knees bending. Right. You know, I would like, I wish we had video, like we can see when knees blow out. Yeah. We can see when Achilles blow out. I wish we yeah. could see position of the knee when a hamstring goes. And I wonder if it's straight or if it's bent. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if the knee straight or bent at that point in time. Well, and that's one of the curious things to me about the fascination with the Nordic hamstring exercise, because you're not using your feet in order to perform that movement. No, you're not using your feet at all, you know. So, I mean, the goal they're trying to target and isolate the hamstring. Right, but, but it works differently in that situation than when you're up and running. Right. And, and so I think that's but but once again, you know, a lot of stuff people do don't equate to how people move. And that's that's the it's all been summed up or regurgitated from, yeah. you know, I, I mean, just like people listen to this. What do you mean? Not by a tickler. Go look at the photos. Right. <laughs> Go look and see if that really if it really crosses two joints. You know, same thing with the quads. Look at the quads. If it really crosses two joints. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden you go, ooh. so if it doesn't cross two joints, then how does this work? Right. You know, but like we saw too, now think about once again, like we saw in the video, and, and it, uh, uh, where if you are sitting and you move the lower leg, the tibia, the patella yeah. moves. Yes. If you're standing, you squat down, patella don't move anymore. Right. Different process again, right. based on if you're sitting or standing. Right. So I think that is a lot of it there is just, just in those things there. How are we really moving? How are we really moving when we're standing, when we're trying to do this, the feet interaction and things like that. So um, it's, it's just fascinating stuff. But yeah, I think once we get to these injury points, it's like, you know, you got hurt. Okay, what are we going to do now? Because we can't prevent. We know so right. just shit happens. So I think understanding better how we move will go a long ways into the protocols to get people back playing again, you know, and, and reduce the recidivism of another injury occurring. I think that's probably a bigger deal than anything else. But yeah, but as far as, you know, 
all this money going into trying to prevent as they as they find it out mm, it's not working right well and it's interesting because i remember when i did i did my hamstring it was probably like 12 years ago when i when i pulled it and i was reading a book at the time a running book at the time written by a physical therapist and he's like if you strain your hamstring you know you want to eccentrically work it you want to lie down on your back you want to hook the leg up to a theraband or like a you know a a stretchy yeah. band, and you want to pull yeah. it down and raise it back up. Right. It felt horrible. I'm like, this is not <laughs> a good idea. This is not what I need to be doing. So I ditched that exercise and it started to feel better when I started to do more standing stuff, like standing right. squats and like, you know. Right, right, right. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, because what's the hardest thing about when you pull a hamstring? Trying to sit on the toilet. Oh, see, I didn't have that issue. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to. Yeah, trying yeah. because because of this, you got this issue where what your 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 tailbone's trying to move away from you. Oh, you can't really, and the muscle won't relax, let it move away. So it's a slow descent. It's a really slow descent. Okay. You know, so yeah, uh, uh, and and you may not because you know women they they squat differently than men squat. You know, right? We don't. You know, it's it's it's. But I I think that's part of it too. Is just like I said, if you look at this and go, okay, how are we really moving? Yeah. What's really going on? You know, uh, uh, what happened? Can we get a video of what happened at this point in time to really see, you know, and then at that point in time, because I think that's the next thing is this, it's not prevention because we can't prevent. Right. right. You know, we can't predict, can't prevent if we, you know, so the next thing is, okay, when it does happen, just like anything else, I carry insurance because when it does happen, <laughs> I'm covered. Right. You know, so when it does happen, what can we do to get you back as fast as possible? Because I think that was the most of one of the things that, that we that the study talked about too is how many games people missed once. Yes, and it was a lot. I can't remember what the number was, but it was a lot. So yeah, so yeah, and you would think you know you would think that number would change. Like if all this is working too, you know, right? Why hasn't it said hey before all this stuff started? You know, then we can say okay, we, you know they got this hamstring prevention stuff going on, whatever, whatever, and people still getting hurt, even hurt at alarming rate, but they only missing two games as opposed to fifteen games. Okay, then we can let's look into this. See why? Yeah. You know, so so yeah. Uh, what else you got on that study? Well, I'm gonna loop it back back around to Nordics one more time. Um, oh, here I do have it. Twenty percent of players miss training or match play due to hamstring injury. Yeah, fifty percent of all injuries in sprinters involve the hamstrings. So it's a thing yeah. these hamstring injuries, but. With this Nordic thing, so they're using Nordics. They're trying to loop it into like sports performance as well. So they're yeah. trying to like say that, yes, it does this thing. It's preventative, which we've already discussed. You can't prevent injury. Is it effective for rehabbing the injury? I don't know. Do you think it is the Nordic hamstring exercise? No, no. Well, no. Well, the other thing, too, is once again, let's look at the body. Let's how it built. Yeah. And, and so we have this thing, this this pelvis thing. Right. right, whatever people want to call it, this little thing, you know. <laughs> and this this thing has a spine that's running in between it. Right. And on the outside of it has these other two bones. Right. Okay. So I can do what? My spine can move. At the same time, this pelvis thing can move. Right. So probably what's going on, this process is somebody didn't move anymore. Right. You know. Just like they, they talk about in running, how if you lean forward, you have a higher incidence of injury hamstring problems if you tilt forward. 
Not right. if not if you push your belly out. Right. Because now you've done what? You separate this other thing from this thing from this thing. So I have three things now. I have yeah. this this thing above uh, my lumbar area. And then I have these two things on the side and this thing below, you know. Uh, right. So at that point in time, it, the interactions are different again. So 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 once again, maybe that's the problem. We tell these guys to run straight up and tall. So we just locked in. So think about that. The lever, the lever situation, I just work now. I just locked in from my head all the way down to the hamstring. Right. Versus saying, no, I'm going to take the, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take it down to the lumbar and then I'm going to relax that area. Now yeah. this area is free to move still. Um, so it could be something as simple as that, that, that just, you know, because like I said, we don't look at, we, we don't look at these sections of things like, why is this this way? You know, right. just like, you know, people talk about, you know, you can bend two places. You can bend at the waist or you can bend at the hips. There's two places to bend. There's two yeah. places to actually rotate. One, right. two. <laughs> right. And a lot of times you have to tell people which one you want. Yes. You know, so, so yeah. So that's like, you know, try to hinge and squat at the same time. You can't. It got to be one or the other. Yeah. It's, it's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so now it may be a way to hinge and, and do it, but that would take some, some planning around. But for the most part, if you tried to hinge, you can hinge first, squat second, or squat first, hinge second. But to do them both at the same time, which was going to tell you how this, how this area works, it's just different. Right. Which makes sense. So with the Nordics, so if people are using them for performance, because you taught them in a very specific way in Italy. And, yeah. and it was cool because one of the things, for those of you that have never been in a clinic with a Darian, he has you do whatever the exercise is and then go run to see if it made any difference. Yeah. And for one guy, the Nordic taught the specific way, like changed everything. It was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but 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 what is the exercise about? Pull towards the center of the muscle, pull, right. like it, it, yeah. pull towards the belly, and watch what happens. You know. Yeah. So now I have this locked in place, but this pelvis is free to move again. You know. Right. And, and so pull towards the center, which is different than let me just try and go isometric contraction slowly. Yes. You know, uh, it's a different story again. Yeah. And which one am I most likely to do? Pull towards the belly versus the isometric one. Right. You know, so you got to think back to think back to a long time ago. The people used to do standing. Uh, remember the universal machines? Oh, totally. Yeah. And they had a standing leg curl. Yep. Yep. People stopped doing those. Why? Because the hamstring couldn't handle the weight. Oh, Because okay. why? Because why? Because the pelvis could move. Right. But if you do, if you, if you do a leg curl, what happens? Your butt pops up. Why? Once again, because the pelvis is trying to be pulled toward it's The, the stuff is right in front of us. It's no, <laughs> Right. That makes sense. Yeah, you, know, you know, but people stop because they couldn't handle the weight. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I, I think that becomes a lot of it there. We just go back and look at how this thing is working and we solve so many problems for us and go, okay, then. you know, one yeah. of the things about running too is like I said, it, you know, what's the height of the person, verticality of the person, how squatted right. are they, you know? Uh, uh, and then like I said, were they trying to stop? Because if you try to stop, once again, it's a vibration. Yeah. So, oh. I'm back. Back. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so I cool. think that's a lot of it there is just let's look at, you know, how this thing really works. Let's right. let's really delve into that there and and let's let that be versus, you know, sit and reach. Right. When you when you when you, you know, like I said, your, your tailbone can't move, your sit bone can't move anymore, but here you are trying to you need you can't go any yeah, like I said, that's the that's that's the whole thing. You yeah. Know? But watch when ballet dancers, what do they do? Watch them very carefully. Oh, they there's there's this rotation that occurs elsewhere. You see mm -hmm. it. Right, but y'all see their belly gets out in front of them, which frees oh. up the whole it's a different story. Like I said, it ain't the yes. same. It ain't the same. Yeah. Right. So so yeah, but I think, you know, like I said, can't prevent, you know, it's definitely not a strength issue. It ain't, you know. Uh, you know, hamstring, the quad, you know, you go, this sport muscle always going to overpower this. And how, do you know, and how, and this, this is the funny thing to me. If I'm three times stronger than you and we both work it out, how do you ever catch up? You, right. You, you can't. can't. You can't. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my story. All right. That was good. I hope you so, all enjoyed that. If you're listening at home. Anything uh, else you want to add? No, no, that's it. I, you know, like anything else, you know, uh, go out, you know, if, you know, and people and, and look at various pictures of hamstrings and how they hooked up and see where they really go. Things like that. Just like we talk about the quad. Does the quad really cross two joints? Suspect now. So then and, and really look at what happens when you move about. And like I said, it's good information about, you know, like I said, with the hamstring, about the belly and, and, and what's in the belly of the hamstring, you know. So, yeah. So learn your anatomy before you start deciding that certain things are the right choice for rehab or prehab. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it, not only learn your anatomy, but learn for yourself. Look at it. Look at the pictures. You know, look at the look at the pins. Go, oh, that goes from there to there. Oh, why is this at this angle? Right. You know. So just like what's it, sartorius muscle, sartorius bacillus, yes. one of those sartorius. Did anybody ask why this thing wrapped around like this? The really long one that goes all the yeah. way down. It's yeah. an excellent question because it's not that big of a muscle. It's pretty slender, actually. Right, right. Did anybody ask why this thing wrapped around like this? <laughs> there must be a reason. There must be a reason, but yeah. So, oh. but yeah. All right. Okay. So there you have it, everybody. We will be back talking about something different next time on the Let Me Introduce You podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Uh, I did not see me in the recording.